0: Hi, it's Ker9000 and this is the second episode of the Retro Gamer Unofficial Podcast. Or as I'm going to be talking about pirate games today, let's call it the RJU Pirate Radio Cast. An episode on pirates and Atari porn, me hearties. So grab your rum, open your ear holes and let's get to it. For those who missed the first episode, hi, I hope you enjoy this podcast. And for those of you returning, welcome back. So let's start with a lightning fast recap. Last time I talked about how the world of multiplayer gaming has changed over the years and reviewed the year 1996, talking about both what happened in the world of gaming and briefly talking about the year in general. If this sounds good and you haven't heard it, then why not give that one a go after this? So with that done, let's go on to today's first topic. So let's start things off classy with the story of the Atari VCS Hardcore Pixel Porn Game cartridges. This topic is about as retro as you can get seeing as its setting is during the days in which the very early home video game industry started to take shape. It was the early 80s. This was what I'd call the cowboy days of video game developing when all kinds of companies were experimenting with all kinds of different content in order to work out what would be a hit with consumers and most importantly what would make them a shed load of cash. It was during this time that a certain company launched a bunch of primitive pornographic titles for the Atari VCS video cartridge system, what we would now call the Atari 2600. These explicit titles were developed by a company called American Multiple Industries, and it produced this line of unauthorised pornographic video games for the Atari 2600 under the title Mystique Presents Swedish Erotica. The brand name Swedish Erotica was licensed from a series of pornographic films by a porn company called Caballero Control Corporation. Caballero Control Corporation was founded in 1974 making it one of the US's oldest surviving porn studios still in existence. And during its lifespan it has made films with loads of the big names in porn such as Marilyn Chambers, Ginger Lynn, John Holmes, Tracy Lords and Ron Jeremy. American Multiple Industries has not done so well though, they exited the video game industry with their share of the rights to the games they had produced being sold to a spin-off company called PlayAround, which continued to produce pornographic games for, well, not that long either, going by my research. There was nothing Swedish about these games, though, with them having been programmed in the United States and manufactured in Hong Kong. Atari ended up suing them to block the production of their games. So I'm sure a lot of you will have already hit the major issue with porno games on the Atari 2600, and that's the fact that this system was not capable of rendering anything that looks even remotely human. So unless you have a particularly strong fetish for really small pixelated squares, then I really don't think this is going to tickle your funny button. Having read this, I needed to share it. This is text from the actual game manual from the 1982 release Custer's Revenge. The world of electronic video games is a most exciting concept. It uses computer-generated images to challenge the player's imagination, to create a fantasy situation that offers a challenge. We at Mystique feel that it's time for video games and their adult players to come out of the closet, away from the kids, and deal with adult fantasies. Our own team of design engineers has developed a line of games that don't just stop at adult, but push the Atari console to the limit. I can't help but think if you had a sense of imagination strong enough to make this stuff erotic, then you probably don't need a plastic cartridge to prompt you. So what kind of gaming treats did they offer up? The most infamous of their titles is probably Custer's Revenge, a game where the purpose is to control the pixelated version of the historical figure General George Armstrong Custer, the United States Army officer and cavalry commander from the American Civil War and the American Indian Wars, and shuffle his naked, well, naked his boots and cowboy hat form across the screen, dodging arrows so you can rape a Native American woman against a cactus, where pelvic pumps equal points. Wow, I can't even believe I'm trying to explain that on a podcast. This is not the only masterpiece they managed, though. They also made a game called Beat 'em and Eat 'em, where a guy with a Johnson built like a jackhammer jacks it not in San Diego, but off a building, while two naked women walk below with their mouths open and waiting. I say naked women, but again, I have to tell you, a bunch of badly formed pixels. It's just mind-blowing. So how much were you going to pay for the pleasure of sampling these games back in the day? Well, they were around $50, usually kept behind the counter in a leather-style casing, so I guess at least that means they were not on the shelves. Knowing how games usually translate from dollars to pounds, though, that means if they came to the UK, they were probably around £50. Some people will find these games disgusting, others will find them funny, but I severely doubt anyone ever found them tantalising. If I was an adult back during their release, would I have purchased them? No, not at all. The simple reason is that I'd just see them as the sort of thing you'd laugh at for five minutes while thinking, what kind of crack were the developers on when this stuff was made? Maybe you'd show a friend who'd laugh and have a similar reaction. Which, if it had been a $1.99 Spectrum tape, I'd think, well, that's worth it. But there's no way I'd pay £50 to own what, in my opinion, is little more than a dark joke in cartridge form. So what do you all think? So, video game pirates was a very hard topic to research online as it starts bringing up a list of people Nintendo have tried to take to court rather than the swashbuckling stars I was after. It's kind of hard to pinpoint the first ever time there was a game about pirates, but the first one I can think of would be Pirate Adventure, also known as Pirate's Cove which was released back in 1979, it was a text adventure program written by a guy called Scott Adams. The setting of the game was inspired by Robert Louis Stevenson's 1883 novel Treasure Island, and involved a quest to retrieve Long John Silver's lost treasure. I played a few of these games as a kid, but personally I find them hard to go back to as an adult. They arguably require an even more active imagination than Atari Pawn does, After this came the microcomputer games with graphics which included Booty, which is probably best described as a primitive pirate platformer, and Treasure Island, and of course Treasure Island Dizzy if you really want to push the boat out, forgive the pun. Now I need to talk about the first pirate game which I think really let you experience something which approximated the life of a pirate, and that's Sid Meier's Pirates, a video game created by Sid Meier of course, for the Commodore 64, and published by Microprose in 1987. The game is a simulation of the life of a pirate, a privateer, or a pirate hunter, in the 16th, 17th, and 18th centuries. It was widely ported to other systems and re-released first as Pirates Gold and then years later as Sid Meier's Pirates again, in 2004 to be precise. Pirates is a single player open world game, the gameplay is open ended, the player may choose to attack enemy ships or towns, hunt pirates, seek buried treasure rescue long lost family members, or even avoid violence completely and seek to gain your fame and fortune through trade. The game has no real end and instead ends when the player retires, at which point they're given a position in their future life, from beggar to king's advisor, and this is based on the accumulated wealth, land, rank, marital status and other various in-game accomplishments. It's sort of like the elite of the sea, and to me at least it's one of those games that is almost infinitely replayable. You can get the Steam version of the latest one for 5 99 and for me it's worth every single penny. I can't mention every pirate game ever or we'd be here all year. One thing I do know though is that you can't mention Pirates and video games without mentioning the Monkey Island series, it's like a lore or something. This series of games is fondly remembered by many gamers for making them laugh out loud over the years. It's a series of games created by Ron Gilbert for LucasArts with their shameless pop culture references, easter eggs and a cast of awesome characters including the sharp-witted wannabe pirate Guybrush Freepwood and the evil pirate Leechok. It's just a great slice of retro fun. Pirate characters have appeared in all kinds of fighters, but that's a topic for another day. I guess I should briefly touch on the last pirate game that really pulled me in, which would be Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, which having released about 9 years ago now, I guess I can get away with referring to it as retro, even if saying that makes me feel old as the hills. Now, I wasn't a massive fan of the first couple of Assassin's Creed games, I found them a little bit boring, it was essentially climbing massive towers and then following people around stabbing them in the back and listening to them slowly tell you their life story while dying for what seemed like eternity however Black Flag much like Sid Meier's Pirates just gripped me it laid out a large sea before me and allowed me to do pretty much whatever I want sure there was a story but much like in other open world games like Grand Theft Auto half the fun it is deciding to sod the story and do whatever you want and what I wanted to do was take to the seas and plunder every vessel I laid my eyes on and I think it's great fun in that capacity, sure I eventually went on to finish the story mode but it's one of those games where you can spend loads and loads of time just making your own fun and deciding what you're going to do yourself and in that way you really do feel like you've got the freedom of the sea. Well with CF Thieves still being pushed and Ubisoft releasing Skull and Bones later this year I don't think pirate games are in any danger of going away but will they ever hit the heights of old again? only time will tell. So that brings us to the end of the show. I hope you've enjoyed it and once again if you missed the first episode then why not give it a listen. And more importantly I hope you join me next time for even more retro goodness. But in the meantime if you want to find more retro chat then join me on the Retro Gamer Unofficial forum which can be found at www.retrogamerunofficial.com It's a great place that's growing every day full of awesome people happy to chat about retro games and other topics, so why don't you join up and join in. Also, you can find my various YouTube videos including a great little series on Master System arcade conversions, lots of Super Nintendo reviews and horror movie reviews. If you look at my name on YouTube, Kerr9000, K-E-R-R-9000 in numbers. I'd also like to give a quick shout out to some of the other Awesome YouTube creators who you can find on the Retro Gamer unofficial forum. This includes 81632Bit, who produces some awesome reviews, Merman1974, again, he covers a lot of retro subjects, USR1 Retro, and Peds Reviews, who's done all kinds of reviews, including very cool short form factor reviews which are great for when you just want something that you can quickly watch. I'm sure there's some people I've forgotten, but that's even more reason to get on the Retro Gamer Unofficial Forum, join in the chat, and see what awesome links you can find to other stuff. Once again, thank you very much for joining me, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Keep on gaming, and most importantly, take care of yourselves. Laters, taters!